Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Basketball Vengeance Tour 2017. Game day for men's hoops as they play at Utah Valley for the first time ever. Ball night! And what kind of attributes do you want in the new offensive coordinator? Greg Rubel discusses. Plus, a between-the-lines tribute to the 2017 BYU football senior class. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Aloha! Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. And... The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You still have blonde hair. Is it brown? No, it's more blonde. Well, it would be more blonde if I spent more time in the sun, right? Yeah, but it was raining a lot. That it was. <laughs> I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is November like 29th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with breaking news correspondent, Jerem Jordan. Apparently when I host, there's a one in seven chance that there'll be some form of breaking news. Every time I leave, something weird goes down. Jamal Williams I don't feel like withdraws from school. Weird, but yeah. Some sort of big news. When we're here, the weirdest stuff goes down, let's be honest. Okay. Because we g- generate the weird. I'll give you that. Breaking news happens yeah. whenever really one of us leaves. Or is sick, or is not here. Yeah. Let's not talk about all the instances. <laughs> yeah. But but the most recent, obviously, Ty Detmer being relieved of his offensive coordinator duties. That's right. We will discuss more about that. I mean, for the coming days, we're going to uh, hit that topic hard. And today's topic will be, what attributes do you want in the new OC? So use the hashtag BYUSA. Mm, I brought you something from Hawaii. What would you bring me? Um, Friendship. The, the you brought classic. Me shaved ice. Nope. The Hawaiian host chocolate covered macadamias, but I couldn't I couldn't hold off, so I ate a few. Are you serious? Right now? <laughs> let's, let's open this. And look. A few? He says a few. Half are gone. <laughs> Isn't that fair? Bring me all your finest meats and cheeses. <laughs> I mean, half of your finest meats and cheeses. I half love you, Jerem. <laughs> well. Aww. I would say that this is half full. <laughs> they are delicious. They are. They are delicious. Thank you. That's, <laughs> You're welcome. I'm half grateful. <laughs> hey, let's go full bore and bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU men's basketball plays at Utah Valley tonight. Yeah, yeah let's go. For the first time ever in the University Parkway collision, a sellout in Orem. BYU head coach Dave Rose expecting the Wolverines to bring it with their style of play and significantly challenge the Cougars defensively. I, I do know that uh, uh, the way that they play and the confidence that Mark has uh, in his guys, uh, it would be a really difficult uh, matchup for us defensively, and our guys got to really be on it, and we got to do a much better job than we did last year. Speaking of tonight's game, Jerem, how about – a fun statistical projection it's not fun. for tonight with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. ESPN's Basketball Power Index gives Utah Valley a 62% chance of beating BYU tonight. What? Doesn't that spell fun? What? I don't spell fun U-V-U. That's not how I spell that. By the way, we'll talk to Mark Pope coming up, the head coach.
of the Wolverines. KenPalm.com gives BYU a 51% chance of beating Utah Valley. Interesting. By the way, we had basketball, uh, BYU basketball at Dave Rose last night. Fun stuff. Luke Worthington was on the show. If you missed it, you can go on BYUtv.org. The set looked amazing. Oh, yeah. Really fun show. Out there, My so. favorite segment was uh, the teammates the vignette. speaking yeah. about Luke Worthington. Hashtag Mr. Steel Mr. Yo Girl. Mr. Steel Yo Girl. Watch the game between BYU and Utah Valley tonight at 9 Eastern live on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. As Jerem referenced earlier, Wolverines head coach Mark Pope will join us in about 35 minutes. Cody Hoffman and Kyle Van Noy are coming back to BYU. No, they headlined the Armed Forces Bowl all-anniversary team to commemorate the Bowl's 15th anniversary. That was a fun time in 2011. Red alert! Yep, I was waiting for you to do that. Yeah. Fun, fun bowl game. I remember when BYU used to go to bowl games. That was a fun time. 24-21. Take that, Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. Yay. Can you believe that was six years ago? Yeah, I can. It's been, yeah, I felt every second of that. Man, oh, man. Hey, former BYU dual sport All-American Jen Hampson scored 25 points and had 18 rebounds on the Whoa. international basketball scene in a Sydney Flames loss. Do you think she feels the loss? Do you think she feels that after 25 Yeah, because she has a bigger heart than I do. <laughs> and LJ Rose had nine points, ten assists, and five rebounds for the Bahamas national team. I didn't know he played for them until today. And in 85-93, lost to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All I want for Christmas is this type of offensive coordinator. Hey, Santa Claus is coming to town, and he's bringing BYU a new offensive coordinator. But by Christmas, yeah. What kind of offensive coordinator? What are you asking for, guided by today's Twitter question? What characteristics do you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At R. Greenhaw, organized, disciplined, disciplinarian, perfectionist. Now, those are some interesting attributes, and it almost sounds like military style, right? Yeah, do we have like a... Jerem and I have compiled a list of characteristics that we would like to see now, in BYU's f- new offensive coordinator. Now the fluid or piccolo just really ruins it, I'll be honest. That's because... That's our in- and, and then, like, the, the like sweet guitar. It's not serious enough. That's the independence music straight out of 1982. Yeah, that's some cheesy 80s like TV show. Like the Chips thing. episode that featured yeah. Independence Day had that music on it. <laughs> I watched Chips as a kid. <laughs> We have our top characteristics that we feel like we would like to see in the new BYU offensive coordinator, starting with this one, and it seems obvious, but really, quality coaching experience. Okay, let's break that down, Jerem. The only guy that BYU would have ever pulled out of the high school ranks straight up to BYU to be the OC was Ty Demmer, okay? So that's not going to happen again. BYU's not going to hire a high school coach to be the OC. I just don't see that. Um, you need quality coaching experience. What, what that means is, have you been at a high level of success and, and good offenses in either junior college, preferably FBS, preferably Power 5 or high-level Group of 5? That's what I mean by that. And several years. If you hired one guy for one year of success, that's not enough to me. You need more proven – like even – I mean like three-plus years of quality offense – being a part of a system. You don't even have to be the OC to me. 
You just have to be strongly uh, invested in a program whose and offense involved. was good yeah. as a position coach. I'm, I thought I was af- afraid of a first-time play caller. I don't think I am as much. Thinking through some of the candidates. Like, if, you, if I told you BYU could hire a dude that's been a wide receiver coach for a team that's gone to the college football playoff and been in a power, power five conference for a few years, would you want that guy? Uh, Dennis Simmons? That's Dennis Simmons at Oklahoma, former BYU linebacker. He hasn't been a play caller in college. But would you be afraid of that? No. No. Robert and I came from Texas Tech as the offensive line coach, but it was a dynamic, pro not pro not pro style spread was, option was, attack. Yeah, it was it was the raid offense with Mike the Leach. air raid offense. Yes. Okay, but, so yeah. you want the Doesn't wide receivers coach from the team that Baker Mayfield is currently quarterbacking? Uh, yeah, that offense puts up a lot of points. Quality coaching experience. Yet I would take. I would take a guy to junior college who's putting up, uh, you know, 50 a game. I would take that guy, too. He might not be my first choice, but I would interview that guy. This is leading us to characteristic number two, which we have summed up as the football equivalent of BYU basketball assistant coach Heath Schroyer, a guy who has been a head coach at several places, comes with a new Outside perspective. He was at BYU in the late 90s. Then he went and coached for essentially two decades outside of BYU in several different positions and came back with like a wealth of knowledge and experience, but that same passion and desire. Like, who is the Heath Schroyer of available football offensive coordinators that BYU could go get? Now, that'd be nice because Heath was just at a Power 5 school in North Carolina State for a year. He's been a head coach. I don't need a for- – so it works in some regards. It doesn't work in all regards. I don't need a former head coach, and I don't need uh, the Wiley vet per se, although maybe that guy needs to be on this staff. I don't know. It doesn't need- I, I don't think it needs to be a BYU guy per se either. I think having – a sort of outsider, if you will, with some connection to the program. Or maybe no connection. That's fine. BYU just had nine of the ten coaches from BYU. I, that can be a strength. I also think it could be positive to have different ideas, different uh, philosophies, different uh, influences into the program. I think that would be healthy. And there are a number of guys that fit that billing, but how realistic are they? That is the real question. How realistic are some of these guys that carry a resume like Heath Schroyer to come back and be the new offensive coordinator at BYU? You know what talks? Money! Yeah, so will BYU pay a guy that's been proven, or will they bring in kind of an up-and-comer that they can pay a little less? And our third characteristic on our list of desirable characteristics for the new BYU football offensive coordinator, dynamic offense with explosive Plays. This is not number three for me. This is number one. Because <laughs> These the, are in no particular order. Well, we listed them one, two, three. The point of offense is to score. So to me, this is the number one thing. Can BYU bring in a guy who's, who you feel like BYU could score the next play on? I haven't really felt that way in a little while, where I thought BYU could score on this play. At I, Laser Sheet. I didn't feel that way. Tweets in, aggressive and high energy, like a football version of Heath Schroyer. Would he pull double duty? I hope for more explosiveness on offense. That is, That tweet kind of encapsulates number two and number three on our list that is in no specific order, even though we listed them one, two. Yeah, three. it's all good. Uh, I don't really 
um, care how uh, what style of offense BYU's run, BYU runs. I just want it to be dynamic and explosive and fun and creative. And BYU can still run the ball a lot. They can still be time possession oriented and whatnot. But I think it needs to be dynamic and explosive. Like, this is BYU. you got to be able to throw it down the field occasionally and score some touchdowns. Like, the idea that... Uh, you know, BYU can be Wisconsin or Stanford. I like I like that idea, but you have to be able to move the ball down the field. I can't get, like, super excited over a 12-yard pass to a tight end. Like, I want to get excited at the possibility that BYU throws it deep, it's caught, and it's run in for a touchdown. More of the – like, Jonah Trenum against Toledo. Let's go deep. We have a couple guys that are quick, that are fast. Yes. Yes. Would you say that Wisconsin and Stanford have dynamic offenses? Because that's about as good as it gets because for the type of offense that Ty Detmer wanted to run. They have dynamic running backs, and they have the O-lines to do it. That's what BYU had Jamal right? Williams. Yeah. This year, BYU didn't have a dynamic running back. Uh, case in point right there, right? Yeah. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Hashtag BYUSN. You tell us what characteristics you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator. Coming up, Utah Valley head coach Mark Pope will join us to preview the matchup with BYU tonight. Didn't he play Kentucky? I think so. But first, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us in Studio B. What characteristics does he want to see in BYU's new offensive coordinator? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And whenever you feel like chatting with us or at us, use the hashtag BYUSN. Some at, yeah. Men's basketball plays Utah Valley tonight at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 8 it is a matchup that is an interesting one. Mark Pope will join us in the next segment. Our stat of the day featured Utah Valley's percentage chance of winning according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. Ken Palm, 51%. And ESPN at 62% for Utah Valley to beat BYU. Yeah, 51 for BYU. So, yeah, this, this, is a, this is a fun matchup, man. Let's go. We're also discussing... Which characteristics you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator? At Ocho Zacco tweets in, I'll add to what has been discussed, experienced, creative, and aggressive. Aggression is something that we will see probably in about 90% of the tweets today. And what Kalani Stake kept saying all season. Joining us now to discuss the status of the BYU offensive coordinator position and what he wants to see in the new OC at BYU the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, welcome back from Hawaii. What's up, Greg? You look fantastic. Refreshed. Mahalo and aloha. Yeah. Yes. Mahalo and aloha right back at you. Spencer got me these macadamia nuts. He's a true friend. But he ate half. <laughs> what do you think of that? He's a true glutton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you want to just eat the other half, go for it. They're delicious. I couldn't help myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Greg. Uh, let's start chronologically with uh, the football news that broke early on Monday morning. What was your reaction to the news about Ty Detmer being relieved of his duties as the BYU offense coordinator? It broke while I was sleeping because you know the red eye, right? So I took the red eye Sunday. Oh, yes. I know uh, Got in Monday morning and right, right from the airport to my bed, and I was crashed for hours when that whole thing went down. I woke up, hit the phone, and, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's how that happened. Surprised by this? I mean, pragmatically, you can look at the numbers over two seasons and say there's justification for the change. And so from a pragmatic standpoint, no. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional standpoint, it's hard because it's tie. 
you know, but from a pragmatic standpoint, by the numbers, performance-based business, the whole thing, you say, yeah, there's justification for a change. Our Twitter question today, as we look forward towards whoever the new person is, uh, what characteristics do you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator? You know, I, I guess I probably just want to see someone that's done it, who's been in the booth at, uh, at, at, at a high level before, who's done this before at, at, uh, at, at a P5 level, high FBS level, that's been in battle, in the booth, and done it uh, with some modicum of success historically. Uh, it's probably too tough a proving ground. I think uh, with, with the with what BYU aspires to, and with the schedules they have put together, it's probably too difficult of a again a proving ground or a place to a, a, a place to learn uh, an OC classroom, if you will. It's got to be someone that's kind of more qualified to be the professor uh, than uh, than one who's learning as he goes. Now, so not put- a first time play caller. I wouldn't. You know, again, if you're just talking about uh, you know. Best case scenario, probably somebody has done it before at a high level in, uh, in, in, this, uh, in this setting. Not saying it can't be somebody other than that, but I think if you were to say, you know, what would be preferred next might be and something to consider someone who's done it before. Okay, so yeah. the idea of a la 2005 when BYU brought in a position coach in Robert and I uh, from Texas Tech, a dynamic offense – like, would you be okay with something oh, yeah. like that? I, again, it's, whether I'm okay with it, it's not really – I mean, I, I just call the games, but uh, – No, Kalani's going to ask you, and then you're going to yeah, decide. Right. That's how no, it I mean, works. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's someone who's been a quarterback coach, an O-line coach. Uh, you know, does he have a coordinator's mind? Can he – it's all about what, what, what he can, you know, prove as, as to the qualifications for the job. I'm not saying it can't be someone who's not done it before. I just think if you were to look at somebody uh, who they might look to next based on what they just had or went through, maybe somebody who's been in the fire before. I don't know. Yeah, generally, if you've swung left, then you swing right and kind of trying not to avoid the situation you were just in or whatever. We'll see. But you could stumble upon, you know, um, you know the next great offensive mind who just hasn't had the chance to coordinate yet. But his schemes are right, his ideas are right, and he's had enough experience in the business to make it make sense for you. But Yeah, I, I think you're right. Given everything that's happened, certainly some experience would would uh, be new to that yeah. p- position, I guess. Okay, uh, basketball game for BYU tonight at Utah Valley. Never, never would I think that playing a game with UVU would be this compelling thing, but here we are after last year's game and what Mark Pope has done with uh, some transfers and some former BYU guys at Utah Valley. This is actually a kind of an exciting matchup tonight. Well, it's a, it's, it's a tiered game. If you want to go by Ken Pomeroy's tier A, tier B, it's a tiered game. And, and you only get uh, you know, about a third of your games end up being tiered games yeah. at BYU, and this is one of them. And they go back-to-back tier B games this week. They're both true away games. And whether it's the high number that uh, BPI gives uh, UVU or the more moderate number that Pomeroy, by the way, trust Pomeroy, trust Pomeroy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, this is a, this is a, a 50-50 uh, sold-out in-state battle game. It's, uh, the, 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 there's a lot about this game that's compelling. I mean, you have to look no, no farther than just last year. I mean, the recent history says uh, UVU can get it done against BYU, and they have the confidence because they've done it. And this isn't just any – it's not just a, a small school program. This is a D1 program with – I mean, more than half the roster right now of active players are D1 transfers, including that guy we just saw right there. I mean, you're talking BYU transfers, Oklahoma transfers, Utah transfers. It's a, it's a heavy D1 transfer roster. It's it's upperclassmen. It's all upperclassmen. These are these are guys who've been – they have they, – they think if you, if you were to take – uh, Calvert, Nielsen, Toulson, they'd be, I think, five, six, and seven, or six, seven, and eight on BYU's roster right now in terms of games played for BYU. So UVU has a bunch of guys who played more games for BYU than BYU players have played for BYU. <laughs> so, you know, th- th- this is an experienced group. And, you know, we, I, I tweeted out the Pomeroy number that uh, Coach Rose referenced last night on our show. 
uh, you know, just from the pure experience standpoint, UVU's you know, top 20 in the nation in experience and BYU's bottom 50 in the nation in experience, guys who've been around and played at the high level before. So uh, UVU has a lot of reasons to feel good about its chances playing at home in a sold-out environment, having just beaten BYU. Yeah, it's a compelling game. Absolutely. Utah Valley's only two losses were during the toughest 24 mm-hmm. at Kentucky. They had a lead in that game. Nine-point lead at halftime. And at Duke. Everybody loses to Duke. They're the number one team in America. Had a, had a first-half lead kind of midway through. Played well. I thought in the first half things got away from them. But, uh, yeah, two really good, really good showings. So they have seen <laughs> the number one team in the country and what they bring. What kind of team do you think will show up against BYU tonight? Well, it's going to be a slower team than we saw last, last year. Was one fourteen to one hundred one, and both BYU and UVU ended up top twenty in tempo and shortest average possession length. Both numbers for both teams are way down this year. Both have really dialed it back. So we're not going to see 114-101. We just will not see that kind of game again. UVU is much more focused on getting it inside to Manyang, throwing it up, and going to get it. Great offensive rebounding team right now. And a lot of what they get is uh, is on second-chance points. So they're, they're, they're not... You know, you look at last year's game, you go 114 points, 18 threes. It's just a bombs away three-centric team. But last year's game was not the norm. They didn't get close to 18 threes in any of their other games. They didn't get close to 49% from three in any of their other games. That was a true outlier last year. Now, they were fast and they were up-tempo, but they and BYU were both dialed way back this year. So a different-looking team, and uh, it's all about getting it inside uh, to their bigs and then kind of like a la San Diego State uh, of those games in past, throw it up, go get it. You know, and that's really what they excel at. I look at Jake Toulson as an indicator of maybe the change. Jake at BYU, a great percentage of his shots were threes, and he was kind of seen as a three-point specialist. Well, a higher percentage of his, a much higher percentage now are, are driving to the rim two-point attempts. He takes very few threes and is not shooting a good number from three. I just use him as an example of where this team is right now. Uh, again, you look at last year go, oh, that just bombs away. It's not really who they are. How would you describe this uh, this game because – you have former BYU assistant Mark Pope. You have Jake Toulson. You have Isaac Nielsen. You have Corey Calvert. You've got Cody Feger. You have Beaks. Cody Feger you on the staff. You can't leave Cody Feger off the list. Yeah. You have disappointing, you know, uh, 7 million Mormons or whatever, Chris Burgess and the whole thing with Roger Reed. Like, the dynamic here is really interesting. How would you describe the dynamic between these two schools? Uh, fraternal. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there won't be two programs that are that close to each other geographically and philosophically and personnel-wise as you're going to see anywhere in the country. So there's so many common ties. And uh, uh, I, you know, there's no real enmity or animosity, but there's a real fraternity that is as intense as two brothers would battle. And, uh, again, Coach Rose and Coach Pope have a great relationship, as they do with the guys who you know, you know, left and Feigs and everything else. So uh, it's just uh, you know, I, it's a fun game to play. I just hope it's a fun outcome uh, for BYU fans tonight. What is... A hoop stat that matters going into tonight's game between BYU and Utah Valley. Well, I've always said, and when you go to the NCAA tournament, for example, the first thing I would look at when BYU gets its draw was what kind of team are you playing a la do they, have they made more free throws than their opponents have attempted? It's one of the first ones I look to because that, that kind of team is tough where they can generate their, their offense from the free throw line to such an extent that they make more than you take. Those are tough teams to play. Well, guess what? BYU is that team right now. BYU is making more than the opponents are taking and is making more than UVU has attempted this year. So BYU is very free throw driven, but it's not just the number of free throws, the number of takes or makes, it's who's getting to the line. And, and this is really key. So 
BYU takes in its wins, 26.5 free throws per game. In its losses, 21.5. So there's a difference of five. Okay, that's, that's a moderate difference, but it's not overwhelming. More in wins than losses, not surprising. But the top three free throw shooters are who? Elijah Bryant, TJ Haas, Jashir Hardnett. Okay, in BYU's wins... They're taking 14.5 free throws per game. In their losses, 5.5. Got to be aggressive. There you go. Okay. So when, when, when the right guys are getting to the free throw line, BYU's in good shape. When those guards are getting to the stripe, BYU's in really good shape. When they don't get to the line, BYU's going to struggle. And that has been the story so far. Again, we're early. It's only six games, small sample size. But it's pretty clear already when those three guys, when your guards are getting to the line, and they're going to make because they've got, whether winning or losing, they're shooting between 86 and 90% when they get there. So those three guys you can count on, but can you count on them to get there consistently? When they do, BYU's in good shape. Nine Eastern, seven Mountain, BYU out gym. at Utah Valley at the sold-out UCCU Center. It seats 8,500, first time ever. The Cougars and Wolverines going to line it up. Dave Rose thought that one of the uh, w- w- one of the sellouts historically might have been when his Dixie team came in and uh, and played Utah Valley back. Interesting. In the day. That's what he said. Yeah, last night. So Dave Rose shows up. There's a sellout. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, let's finish with a cool thing about Canada. Okay. Hit it. It's not really something you go hit it to, though, is it? <laughs> it's so it's it's, 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 very, it's serene and, and regal. Uh, so Canada, known for its winter sports. You know, the curling, the hockey. But did you know that the oldest golf club in North America is located in Canada? Oh. The Royal Montreal Golf Club, founded in 1873, mm. is the oldest continuous existing golf club in North America. Of course, America is, you know, it's like the world home of golf down here, right? We, we golf crazy amounts of golf down here in the States. But it is the Royal Montreal Golf Club that is the oldest golf club in uh, in north america uh and it says on their website we are the oldest golf club in north america and our members still proudly toast queen victoria <laughs> for designating us as a royal club on july 7th 1884 this was 11 years after it was founded we are one of only 66 bona fide royal designated clubs in the world <laughs> and this sounds really nice in 1873 a small group of eight gentlemen sat in a dockside office and formed the Montreal Golf Clubs. There you go. Boom! I want to hear the rest of the anthem. Yeah, just let it soak in. Hey, I covered the Canadian tour nice. while I was working in Palm Springs. They would make a few visits to uh, North America. Why did? The, why were they playing in our country? Well, they got to get ready for the PGA Tour. Adam Hadwin is just one that uh, won the tournament I covered. Like He's on the PGA Tour. By the way, Royal Montreal Golf Club... Uh, our own Mike Weir yes. knows it well. Oh, uh, he yeah. beat Tiger Woods in a President's Cup match at the Royal Montreal Golf Club back in uh, 2007. That yeah. was the most interesting thing. And by the way, the Royal, Montreal <laughs> Golf Club, Royal Montreal Golf Club was also the site of Tiger Woods' first missed cut as a pro. There you go. Why'd you save bonus, those bonus the facts. Those are great. I yeah. love them. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Avoid, uh, if you're Tiger Woods, avoid the Royal Montreal <laughs> And avoid Mike Weir. He's avoided, <laughs> yes. the, uh, course, generally speaking. Weir is he a great Canadian. Listen to Greg tonight, 90s from 7 Mountain on BYU Radio. You can watch yeah, the game yeah, between BYU and Utah Valley uh, on BYU TV. Thanks, Greg. Hey, no, thank you. We'll see you next Wednesday at this very same time. We'll Absolutely. Let's party we'll tonight, tonight, too. Yeah. In a warm. I love partying in a warm. It's my favorite place to party. Coming up, a tribute to BYU's graduating seniors with Lauren McClain. And next, the head ball coach at Utah Valley, Mark Pope. Oh, the Pope. He called us out. And now we're bringing him on. The Mormon Pope. 
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are reunited and on demand anytime, anywhere. After further review, if you missed the season finale last night, no fear. It's coming up at 1 Eastern time right here on BYU TV, right after this very program. You need to say it like an Englishman, the finale. No, thanks. <laughs> No, you're not a fan of the finale? Uh, No. (laughs) Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a man who called us out on Twitter yesterday with the words, let's go BYU Sports Nation. So we adhered to that, and we invited him on the program. Utah Valley University head basketball coach Mark Pope. Coach, welcome back to the show. Uh, Mark? Gentlemen, gentlemen, I cannot tell you. Let me just start here, okay? This is a great day for basketball. I, I, I am so excited. I've actually had this experience where I can kind of step away from coaching, and I'm just excited as a fan about what is going to happen tonight. Uh, I'm excited about the two teams. I'm excited about the gym. But more than anything else, by far, bar none, the fact that I get to speak <laughs> with the great Spencer and Jerem. This is Truly the greatest. I'm glad to see you got my Venmo. <laughs> I, l- listen. Boys, how you guys doing, man? Great. Yeah. We're, we're doing well. He, here's the thing. What, this all started last year because you came into the Marriott Center and made 18 threes and beat BYU, putting up 114 points. So this is a really compelling game. I mean, in the history of BYU and Utah Valley, and they haven't played a ton, but it's not been a game that it's like, I mark it on the schedule. We marked this one on the schedule. This is big time for uh, for Utah County and for all the BYU and UVU fans tonight. Well, I hope so. Listen, it's going to be uh, – I just think about this gym all the time, right? So we're going to have – I don't know what the ratio is, but we're going to have, you know, some large percentage of just diehard, diehard BYU fans and some large percentage of diehard, diehard UVU fans. And then we're going to have another large percentage of people that are just kind of like, this is just awesome because yeah. it's mayhem, right? And you don't get this in college basketball. You don't get a split gym, right? Um, and 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 I think that's a magical gym. Uh, I, I just I, I have high hopes that that we can have a great game tonight. That somehow we can figure out a way to keep this thing competitive long enough that that there can be some real juice in the gym. And uh, I, I hope everybody leaves this deal tonight feeling like, man, that, that is just special. It was great, and, and, and that's what we're shooting for. Utah Valley head basketball coach Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, we were really intrigued as we watched uh, the toughest 24 and how your team competed very well against Kentucky and Duke. In fact, at a nine-point halftime lead in Lexington, you put a real scare into Big Blue Nation. What did you learn about your team going on the road for the toughest 24? Well, uh, we learned a lot. One, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's not good to start your season 0-2. That's never good. <laughs> um, and so the, 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 the losses were, were a little bit devastating to us, especially I think the Kentucky game. Uh, you know, if, if we had a better coach, we, we would have won that game. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that, that was hard. Uh, but, but we came away with two, we came away with a million different things, but two things that were really important for my team. And, and one is that we really believe, listen, we can go for spans of a game. We can go stand toe to toe with anybody for spans of the game. And we know that 
we were on those two, you know, on the road at those two venues in 24 hours. And, you know, we, we played Duke to a standstill for the first 12 minutes and the game got way out of hand. And, you know, we had Kentucky on the ropes and actually Cal had to kind of suck it up and go zone, which he just despises. And, and, and we weren't quite ready for it. So in spans of a game, we can play toe to toe with anybody, but we also learned a very important lesson about we have miles and miles and miles to go before we're a great team that can do it for 40 minutes. And I like the fact that my team saw that. Listen, if we if we can achieve our goals this year, which is our goal is to find some way to win the WAC tournament and get to the NCAA tournament, that's our goal. And if we can do that, we're going to play one of those teams in the first round. And when we do that, you know, we're going to be able to look back on this and be like, hey, we know where we were on day one. We know what we were able to do. We know how much we've improved. We know how hard we work, and let's go do this. And I don't think we'll be intimidated at all. I think we'll go out there and, and battle. So, Listen, that's a long way away and a lot of steps away, but but I think my team came away with those two things solidly. The BYU connections obviously are strong, not only with you and Cody Feger, but with Jake Toulson and Isaac Nielsen and Corey Calvert, and obviously Connor Toulson, a former Lone Peak guy with uh, TJ Haas and the connections there. How would you describe BYU versus Utah Valley? Well, listen, this, this is what I would like it to be. Because, um, because I mean, and the connections go deeper than that. I mean, uh, obviously, President Holland, who's who's so amazing, and President Worsland have a long-standing relationship, and and uh, our athletic d- d- uh, director Vince Homo uh, actually worked for for uh, for Tom. Uh, sorry, Vince Autopol actually worked for Tom Homo, and so down the line, right? And so, ideally, what we're going to have is we're going to have uh, like we're good friends. I mean, we're good friends with those guys up there, and we are, but but. Don't get me wrong. We want to win this game so freaking bad. Like, I don't want to bloodbath tonight, okay? Uh, but we're going to be cordial and love them all the way up until the, the, the tip. And then we're going to battle like never before for two hours. And then after the game, you know, maybe if you give us a 15-minute cooling off period, you know, I'll give Coach a big hug because I love him. He's my mentor. He's done so I'm – so, I'm forever indebted to him, right? And so – I think it's the best of sports. I really do. Like, I hope that's what this can become. I hope it can become when you go in the backyard and you just beat the living daylight out of your brother playing one-on-one because you want to beat him more than anybody else on earth. And then after the game, you guys go in and, you know, have some wings together, right? That's what this should be. And I think it's great for our community. I think it's great for the two teams. I, I think it'd be really special. I hope it keeps growing into that. One moment that I noticed, uh, I think it was two seasons ago, not last year's game, but two years ago, was Chase Fisher hit a three right in front of you. And he loves you. He went to your press conference when you announced the Utah Valley. And I can't say what he said to you, but but I remember I was like, wow, that's competition. I know those guys like like each other. You know what? I think everybody can relate to this, though, right? I mean, I love Chase, too. Like, we're boys. I love him. And... But when you, it, it is, I mean, that's the best analogy I do when you go, when you fight your brother and you get after it. Right. And, um, and I think it's special and I think it's going to be really, I, I think, I think this gym's going to really feel really special to everybody. And hopefully we can have a great game tonight and, and, and it'll be fun that way too. Is it fair to say that uh, you root for BYU every game they're not playing against Utah Valley? Because I know a lot of BYU fans root for Utah Valley unless they're playing BYU. Yeah, I mean, listen, of course I do. Um, coaches, coaches, you know, like I said, I'm, I feel so close to him. And obviously I, I was really fortunate to, to have four years uh, at that great institution. And, and um, 
and and I know how extraordinary a place that is, and and uh, and I have good friends on staff, and it's of course still guys that are playing there that uh, you know I was I was fortunate enough to coach, and you know, I'm a huge fan, so that that's 100 percent true. You know I think it's a, a great program and what they've done. I mean they're a national power, and and what they what coach has done over the last 15 years is extraordinary. So you know yeah absolutely do cheer for you. Your roster is interesting. You've got a, uh, a really interesting group, uh, you know, Oklahoma transfer, Akolda Manyang. You have uh, Kenneth Ogby from Utah, uh, Manyang from Oklahoma. Manyang's a, a beast, seven-footer, 17-9 guy. Obviously, some of the BYU transfers BYU fans are familiar with, but what do you think of the makeup of your roster? And is this a better team than last year's team that beat BYU? Well, I, I hope so. I think on paper we're better. Uh, we, we get, but you have to prove it. Paper doesn't matter, right? You got to prove it through the course of the season. Um, uh, you, Thirteen of our sixteen players are transfers. So I talk about my team this way all the time. Uh, we are a crooked task team. Uh, you know, nobody has kind of been the chosen one or the designated one or had an easy road to get where they are right now. And I can relate to that. I mean. Yeah, I was. I, I played in the NBA for a long time, and I was fired from every single team that I played for. Right, so I get that. Like, I, I actually dig it. Um, I love my locker room because my guys, uh, they got a big time chip on their shoulder. They have something to prove. They feel like everybody's kind of doubted them or underestimated them or think they're not good enough or or they or they've made mistakes or they've fallen short at times. And, and um, and and they have a chance now to kind of prove to everybody that they are what they really know they are inside, right? And that's a fun locker room. I kid you not. Um, I'm not scared of us losing games because I know my guys have are going through a tough spell because because everybody in my roster has done that before in their career and they've managed to get back up, right? I dig my guys. Uh, I, I love our locker room. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, man. We got a sideways stuff. It's like our circus over here, right? <laughs> but I actually enjoy that too. So I think we had a special thing going, and we're trying to grow this program really fast. I think we've had some good results so far. Mark Pope, the head coach at Utah Valley, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're so glad that we could be an early peak moment for you on this day. I mean, the game will be cool man. and all, but as you said, this this was coming out of the gate strong, man. Essentially, essentially I could just shut it down right now. I mean, I, I don't even need to go to this game tonight. <laughs> yes, you do. You guys, you, guys, you guys are fantastic. Mark, we'll see you tonight, man. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. All right, boys. Bye. Mark Pope on the Deseret First Credit he's, Union he's Hotline. Awesome. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I love Mark Pope, man. He's awesome. <laughs> Coming up, which former Cougar scored 25 points and pulled out 19 rebounds? We'll tell you in the whip. Yeah, that's a pretty good day, right? Plus, a Between the Lines BYU football senior tribute with Lauren McLean, as told by their teammates. Lauren, you've got the dirt, right? And the raw emotions. Did Squally Canada cry? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spender Linton and Jerome Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Men's hoops at Utah Valley, 9 Eastern, BYU TV tonight. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern time. What characteristics do you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator? Hashtag BYUS and to send in your tweets at TX Colonel says creativity, fire, and accountability. All those sound great. BYU football 2017 officially in the books, and for 19 seniors, they had one final opportunity to wear the stretch Y on their helmet last week. 
in Hawaii. Time for a trip down memory lane. Looking back at the guys that lead BYU, in the words of some guys that know them better than most. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Although it wasn't the the season they hoped to end their careers on, some of these seniors made a big and lasting impact on BYU football. Let's take a look back at some of our favorite memories and hear from teammates what they're going to miss most about this year's seniors. There's Johnny Linehan. Linehan launches one. Handsome Taniela, and they combine for a four yard loss. Something I'm going to remember about this senior class is how hardworking they all are and how, how fun it was to be around them and to learn. They always just have such positive energy no matter what happens on the field and they just keep the whole team motivated. With the seniors, uh, I'm really close with uh, Tijon and Tooney. We've always been looking out for each other since we got here. It's been a great experience with all you guys. Some have grown closer to than others. Um, Tijon's one of those guys. I remember my first time coming up to Utah, meeting Tijon. Um, we almost got into a little scuffle, but uh, we figured things out and became really, really close friends. Good luck to all y'all seniors. Uh, appreciate everything you guys have done for the program and the team. The senior class is important to me because of their example of diligence and overcoming adversity throughout the season. Also Fred Warner as well. I didn't like Fred when I first got here. Just try to embarrass him as much as possible. But me and Fred grew close to each other as well. I'm, I'm going to miss you guys. It's been great, all the seniors. Thank you for all the memories. Uh, I know coming in as a freshman, especially Tijon, you know, he was a guy that uh, could learn from. Good friend, uh, Johnny Linehan. Glad to be here right when he got here. And then um, all the other guys. Jonah, all the new guys that came in. Uh, just thank y'all. It's been an honor to be in the stands cheering you on. Go Cougars. And thanks for all your hard work and dedication. Shout out to Johnny Linehan. I just love those guys. Love y'all. Good luck. Thank you to all the seniors. Wish y'all the best in the future. Shout out to all the seniors and good luck with whatever the future holds. Next week on Between the Lines, we're going to be playing Pig with two of the most well-known names on the women's basketball team, Cassie DeVagere and Amanda Wayman. You're not going to want to, what? Did it's I say it wrong? DeVagere. Oh, excuse me. It's like, a, it's like a cheap cologne. Sorry anyway, to interrupt. Sorry. that was super rude. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYU BTL. I said her name like five times. We'll make, oh, no, we'll make up for it. Vajere, you said it correctly. I'm, Thank you. We have a chocolate-covered macadamia for you. I, straight be the straight one from I? Hawaii. Yes, May please. I? Yes, Thank you. yes. Enjoy that. I love these things. I, I want you to have one, but in honor it of was the seniors, a, I will eat yeah, this. It was a little weird because Spencer gave those to me, and then he was like, "Here, take one." <laughs> he had already eaten half. We're all family, though. Right? Yeah. So basically, I was hoping to get uh, twelve. I'm going to get seven when all is said and done. But do you want more? These are incredible. Do you want to eat it now on, on I mean, national TV? It's I'm not, not awkward to eat chocolate-covered macadamias it's on national totally not. television. As long as we do a close-up and you can see. With the, mic, with the mic on so they can hear every mm. little bit. Yeah. But really, these are some of my favorite things in the world. So good, right? Like, don't talk with food in your mouth. <laughs> Spencer, remember how you were a jerk and got to go to Hawaii for Thanksgiving? I was, I'm was. i sorry. You were here for Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. I was, yeah, well, I was. The day I after was Thanksgiving? Here. Okay, yeah. Yep, you got me there. 
but that's okay because this makes up for it. <laughs> all it took, all no, it took was a chocolate-covered macadamia. That's Appreciate not true. Duly noted. Yeah. yeah. So should, thank I should have bought more, man. Yeah. What was I thinking, Lauren? That was fun. Thanks yeah. for doing Thanks, that, Lauren. Thank you guys. Thank you for this. Chocolate melts in your hand <laughs> and in your mouth. Let's, <laughs> let's end this because I really want to eat it. So, so let me get out of here. Eat it. Okay. Thank you, Lauren. You Next thank week, you. Cassie DeBagere will be featured yep. on Between the Lines. Hey, coming up, BYU in a bowl game? What? Wait, what did you just say? I can't get over that. Uh, which team. BYU team is competing in Tejas this week? We'll tell you that in the whip as well. Lauren, how this is it? BYU Sports Nation. Oh, it's good. Chocolate it's covered good. macadamias from Hawaii. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Muchas gracias to today's guest, Greg Rebel, Mark Pope, the head coach at Utah Valley, and Between the Lines host, Lauren McLean. If you miss any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Coach Steve Cleveland will join us. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Let's go. BYU plays at Utah Valley tonight in the University Parkway Collision, as I like to call it. It's a sellout at the UCCU Center. Watch the game live at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Football. Cody Hoppin and Kyle Van Noy headline the Armed Forces Bowl all-anniversary team to commemorate the Bowl's 15th anniversary. That's what I was teasing. Cougars overseas. Former BYU dual sport All-American Jen Hampson had 25 points and 18 rebounds in a Sydney Flames loss. What a performance. LJ Rose, 9 points, 10 assists, and 5 rebounds for the Bahamas national team. In a 93-85 loss to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Women's basketball. BYU plays at Northern Colorado tomorrow at 9 Eastern. Swimming and diving. BYU's top swimmers in Texas for the Texas Invitational starting today through Saturday. Top-level competition for sure. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it today, Jerem? I'm not giving karma in any way to this person. It goes to Mark Pope. Because the last time we had an assistant coach on from the or the head coach on from the other team was Marty Wilson and Pepperdine won, so we're like we're not doing that because <laughs> it was a karma boost. Well, and we I hope that we didn't do that for tonight. I also wished Marty good luck. You did not do that like an cause, idiot. Because after that interview, I was like, dude, I know you're a nice guy, but you we have something powerful going on with the karma with the show. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. I do like Mark. He is a good dude. He's an energetic guy. He's fun. He's doing nice things at Utah. Did that have anything to do with? I wish him luck in every game but tonight. Did that have, giving him uh, the rising shot, have anything to do with the fact that he said that this was the highlight of his day? Yeah. (laughs) He likes us. What characteristics do you want in the next BYU football offensive coordinator? Can uh, Can we get a guy like Mark Pope in here? For the BYU football, six ten guy, probably offensive not. coordinator, or the resume that he has, right? Played in the NFL, guarded Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe Bryant what? in the NFL, but <laughs> I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? Like you just had an OC that played in the NFL. Yes, fourteen years, in fact. That is that is correct, but didn't have any experience at this level. Oh man, at Jay Olson forty nine says experience coaching and winning at the Division one level. Certainly ideal. Yeah. 
Absolutely. At Nelvin Wilson 7, NCAA Division I experience and current success at the forefront, followed by excellent recruiting and the ability to adapt to the strength of the current players, especially when you won't see your own recruits for two to three years due to missionary service. Blaine Fowler made an excellent point regarding Blaine Fowler, or regarding Ty Detmer and Blaine Fowler. Uh, Ty Detmer didn't coach anyone that really played that he recruited. That feels that feels uh, crazy. It feels incomplete. There were a lot of incompletions. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah. I Please. knew you were going to go there. Don't set me and yes. have me not spike it. Heat it up for you. I ya. can't not spike the overpass. I can't not. <laughs> At B-Royal Blue Coog. Somebody who has to recruit and adapt quickly in game situations. Ty was slash is a great recruiting tool for BYU. The new offensive coordinator needs to also get the high-caliber version of guys he wants needs to come here. Plus, he needs to be able to recognize when something isn't working and change quickly. I think that Ty was trying to change, and he was adapting the offense, but people kept getting He played hurt. five quarterbacks and seven running backs. Eh, four quarterbacks and defenses. Okay, four he quarterbacks and seven like, running backs. Yeah. No, it was eight. Oh, eight. I listed it. It was eight. I thought it was seven. Eight. It was eight. Eight running backs. Who succeeds with those numbers? Nobody. Gosh. Our elite tweet of the day. From Matt Scott underscore N underscore tears. This is like my BYU football Christmas wish list. Well, Cosmo Claus. Cosmo Claus. I want an offensive (laughs) coordinator with experience and a successful track record. I want a great recruiter, and I want an innovator who also brings a culture of discipline and accountability. Is that too much to ask? Yes. He's Schroyer, but on the football side. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast is always available on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Andy Toulson. See what I did there? Yeah, Connor's dad. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. BYU UVU tonight, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV.